Good morning, everyone. It's so good to be with you. I want to send a shout out to our online family, wherever you're watching from, whether you're with us at our church service, 9 a.m. church online, come on. Or if you're watching later on in the week, it's so good to have you with us. If we haven't met before, my name is Jean-Michel. I'm one of the pastors here at Victory, and it's great to be with you. I pray God is going to bless you through this message. At the outset of 2022, we are stepping into a new season. Come on, God is doing a new thing in our lives and in the life of our church. And I was looking for a good analogy for what it could look like when God does a new thing. Trying to understand maybe a picture, maybe a, a way to to explain what it looks like when God does a new thing. And as I was kind of searching, God led me to a story, a story of a humble Argentinian soya bean farmer in 2015, right? Her name was Anna Risati, and something unique happened to her. And I'd love to tell you about her story today. Her day-to-day -day life was lived kind of normal. She lived planting cultivating and harvesting soya beans. That's what she did. And so every day she just did that. It was a normal life of a farmer. She would do this on big, large, open pastures, right? So you can imagine she lived in a farmhouse on a huge plot of land. And as far as the eye can see, you can see pastures and she would plant, she would cultivate, and she would harvest soya beans. What was different about that year, 2015, is that there had been significantly more rain that year than any year before. In fact, for the, the previous few years, there had been a rise in rainfall in previous seasons. But you know what? Life continued as normal, planting, cultivating, and harvesting. One night, she went to bed, and she heard the rain start to fall, same as any night. Louder and louder it got until it got so loud it was like a deluge. But you know what? This was pretty normal for the times that they were living in. And so she didn't take much notice of it. It was just hard rainfall like had been going on for the last little while. And so she went to sleep, thought nothing more of it. The next morning, she woke up and the rain was even louder. It was this huge kind of storm and it felt like, wow, this is, this is a raging storm. So she decided to go and look at the storm that was outside and see what was going on. But she could never have expected what she found that day. And these are her words, right? She's a 71-year-old farmer in Argentina. She says this, I nearly fainted when I saw what it really was. At the age of 71, she saw not rainfall falling from the sky, but the water that she heard was rushing down a deep gully, a crevice that had been carved overnight just beyond the wire fence that surrounded her house. She said that the roar was terrifying. She said that the land had opened up like a canyon. Water was pushing through as far as she could see. Huge mounds of earth, grass, and trees were being carried along the surface of the water. Overnight, that rainfall had broken riverbanks and carved a gorge in the landscape and created a new river overnight in her backyard. 
This brand new river ended up being 25 kilometers long. At its deepest point, it was more than 60 meters wide and 25 meters deep. Can you imagine waking up in the morning, you went to sleep the night before, and there was a road outside your house. You wake up the next morning, and there's a river that had just gotten there overnight, a brand new river. Can you imagine what that must be like? Unbelievable. But you know what? As I was reading that story, I knew that God was actually speaking about what he does when he does a new thing. Overnight, the rainfall of his blessing carves new rivers where there were no rivers before. It carves it into the landscape going new directions, and you can't stop it. You can't get in its way. You can't divert it or redirect it. All you can do is get in the flow of it. God is birthing new rivers in your life and in my life today, and it's overnight We don't have to wait. God is doing it right now. He's doing something new in our lives. It's called Closer Walk, Greater Encounters. This is the new season. This is what God is stepping us into. Closer Walk, Deeper Encounters. It's a river, and all we need to do is jump into it. But check it out. All this talk about rivers and jumping in, it's a little bit vague and a little bit ethereal. If you're like me, then maybe you don't really understand what that means or how it applies to your life. Maybe you're a new believer or maybe you're new to church and this all kind of sounds a little bit out of reach for you. I get that. And I want to say to you today that when God does a new thing, it's something that is applicable and practical to your everyday life. It's there for your family, it's there for your business, and it's there for our church. And so today's message is entitled Closer Walk, and we're going to open up what God is saying about this new season that we're stepping into. So let's pray. Father God, we thank you today that as we open up this idea of a new river that overnight has just appeared in our community, Father God. It came out of nowhere. It wasn't there before, but now you're doing a new thing. I pray that as you open this up to us and you speak to us about how this applies to our lives, that, Lord Jesus, you will teach us something new. You will give us a vision of what you're going to do this year. And so we ask for you to come and speak and have your way in us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, so check this out. The Apostle Paul knew what it meant to walk closer with Jesus every day. In his letter to the Philippian church, he writes to them about a concern that he has. See, at the time, there were people that were infiltrating the church, and they were trying to sway Christians away from believing in the gospel of grace. They were trying to sway Christians to this idea of finding righteousness through the law again. That if you didn't keep the law, if you didn't follow the law, then you weren't a good Christian. If you didn't do the right things, say the right things, dress the right way, observe the right things, talk the right way, then you were not a good Christian. Have you ever met Christians like that? where no matter what you do, you're never quite good enough for them? Have you ever met Christians who love to tell you about all the great things that they're doing for God? And Paul warns against this kind of idea. You see, these people in the church of Philippi were not realizing it, but they were 
boasting of their self-righteousness. They were trying to acquire righteousness for themselves. And Paul warns the people of Philippi to be wary of this and instead to keep the main thing the main thing. What is that? That's keeping Jesus at the center of everything. And you know what? No one had more right to boast than Paul himself. If you read in Philippians chapter 3, you'll see that he talks about all of his achievements. He talks about how he was an amazing Jewish Pharisee, that he was a teacher and a scribe. He was a, a teacher of the law and that he was well respected within his community. He had so many reasons to boast. But instead of boasting, Paul says something different. And I want to read that with you today. So if you've got your Bibles, turn with me to Philippians chapter 3. We're going to read from verse 7 to 11. It says this. But whatever were gains to me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things, and I consider them garbage, that I might gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is through faith in Jesus Christ, the righteousness that comes from God on the basis of faith. Now check this out in verse 10. It's so beautiful. I want to know Christ. Yes, to know the power of his resurrection and participation in his sufferings, becoming like him in death, and so somehow attaining to the resurrection from the dead. What is Paul saying here? Paul is saying that no matter how much I can boast, no matter what I do for Christ, no matter how many people respect me and no matter how much influence I have in the community and in the religious community, none of that will impress God. In fact, all these achievements, all the things that I've done, all of these I count as garbage. For what? The knowledge of Jesus Christ. Paul knew how to walk closer with Jesus every day. He says there in verse 10, I want to know Christ. I want to know Christ. A closer walk with Jesus starts with letting go of your ability to control everything, to release your confidence in yourself, and to place your confidence in Jesus Christ and what he has done for you. See, God is calling us into a deeper connection with him. When we talk about a closer walk with God, a closer walk with Christ, we're talking about a deep connection. We're talking about that hunger, that thirst that Paul had, that I want to know Christ, that thing that comes from inside that says I'm not satisfied with just knowing a little bit. I'm not satisfied with just going to church. I'm not satisfied with religion and trying to prove myself and make myself worthy of Jesus. I want to know Him. It's a hunger to know Jesus, not to impress Him. How many of us right now are still trying to impress Jesus with who we are? Sometimes we even choose to hide ourselves from Jesus because we're scared that we don't impress him. 
But check this out. I want to tell you something today. He wants to know you. The creator of the universe wants to know you. Come on, someone needs to hear that today. Jesus wants to know you. He is huge and beyond all reckoning. But you know what? He wants to know you and not just know about you. He wants to be involved in your everyday life. He wants to be there for you. He wants to know you. And you don't need to impress him. You already are his prized possession. You're already his child. He loves you more than anything. All he wants is to be close to you. And you know what? Paul understood that. Paul knew what it meant to have a closer walk with Jesus. Paul knew that Jesus loved him. He knew that he saved him. He knew that he was loved, that he was cared for. And because of this, his response to Jesus was to love him back and to want to know him. Here's the revelation you and I need to understand together. If we want to have a closer relationship with Jesus, we first have to know that he wants to have a relationship with us. Come on, God is doing a new thing this year. It's not the same as last year. All those things that you did, those mistakes that you did, those addictions that you were involved in, those things that brought you down, that's last year. But God is doing a new thing. All the things that you thought separated you from God, all the things that you thought would bring you down and take you away from God's presence, God is doing a new thing. He's doing it in you and He's doing it in me. And today He wants you to know that no matter what, he wants to know you, and he wants you to know him. So what's our challenge? What does it mean to us as a church to actually step in to a closer walk with God? Think about your walk with Christ right now. How can you give him more space in your life? Not try to impress him, not try to fast and pray and do things that you think unlock more of his presence how can you simply give him more of your life you see paul did amazing things he was a highly successful person he was a highly successful minister he planted churches all over the place all over the middle east and asia he went all over the place and he planted churches in fact he goes on to say that he is has more fruit than any other apostle. He's done more for God than any other apostle. But what he says is, I lay it aside. Those things are not meaningful. The things that we do to try and impress God, they are not meaningful. But what is meaningful is wanting to know Jesus. So where can you give him more space? Where are you still trying to impress God in your life? Right now, think about it. Think about your life. Where are you trying to impress God? What are you doing? How can you let that go? Where are you letting your attention be taken by other things when your attention should be filled with Jesus? You see, today, what I'm trying to say to you is that our close walk with Jesus is not based on what we do. It's a response to what he has already done for us. His love already bridged the gap. His sacrifice on the cross already connected us to him. And so if we are being called to a deeper level, a closer, more intimate walk with Christ, he's already made the way. We got to step 
into it. And I want to challenge us as a church. If this is the theme for the year, closer walk, greater encounters, then it's time for us to step into a closer walk with Jesus. It's time for us to say, you know what, God, I'm going to place you in your rightful place in my life. I'm going to put you as the main thing. I'm going to keep the main thing the main thing. The fact that you love me, the fact that you died for me, the fact that you care about me and you want to know me, God, I'm going to keep that front and center. I'm not going to put myself at the center. I'm not going to put my failures at the center. I'm going to put you right here in the center. I'm going to remind myself every day that I can be closer and closer to you because that is the goal. That is the prize, knowing Jesus. And I want to challenge you today to get into that space, that space of intimacy with Jesus. But you see, you can't touch Jesus without touching his body. And who is Jesus' body? Jesus' body is the church. Paul speaks about this. Christ is the head, the church is his body. The body of Christ is people. A closer walk with Jesus means a closer walk with your family. A closer walk with Jesus means a closer walk with your colleagues and your bosses at work. It means a closer walk with the people at church. It means that as you want to step in and touch Jesus, you got to touch your family. My challenge to you is how can you serve your family this year? How can you serve your friends? How can you serve your church? How can you serve your work colleagues? If you're going to touch Jesus, you've got to touch his body. If you want to touch Jesus and be close to him, you've got to get around people. You see, we centralize and we focus ourselves. How can I get to know Jesus better? How can I walk closer with him? What he really wants is for us to love people. By loving people, we love him. We bless him and we bless his heart and we shine his light everywhere that we go. And so we're called to that place. We're called to that, that place of prayer, of reading the word, of being close to Jesus, of releasing our, our, the things that hinder us, the things that we're trying to impress God with. We're called to release those things and to invite Jesus to be the center of our lives. As we do that, we're called to speak to others to touch others, and to actually minister to them. So how can you serve your family? How can you serve your church? How can you serve those around you? You see, as you do, you do a new thing. You step into that river. You see, right at the beginning of this message, I said that this whole thing is about stepping into the flow. That when God breaks through the ground and he does something fresh, you can't run around it. You can't get away from it. That thing is 25 kilometers long. It's 60 meters wide, 25 meters deep. Come on, all you can do is jump in and let it take you where it's going. And every time you choose to place Jesus at the center of your life, not yourself, you jump into that river. Every time you choose to love your family, to serve your family, to serve your parents, to serve your kids, to serve your uncle and your aunt, every time you choose to do that, you jump into that river. And every time you jump into that river, that river flows through you and it ministers to those that are around you. Come on, maybe you have family members that need Christ. Maybe you have coworkers or colleagues that need Christ. God wants to use you to touch them this year by choosing to have a closer walk with Jesus. See, that river brings life into your family. 
It brings life into your business. It brings life everywhere that you go. And so I want to encourage you today. Closer walk is for every part of your life. It's not just for when you come to church. It's not just for when you're alone at home in your prayer closet. It's for every part of your life. Closer walk with Jesus means a closer walk with my family, closer walk here at church, a closer walk with the people around me. When you do that, you are going to touch people's lives. You see, closer walk, greater encounter is going to be part of our life as a church. It's going to be something that we do week in and week out for this year. And we know that God is going to bring fruit. We know that people are going to get saved. We know that your business is going to grow. We know that you're going to be blessed. That financial breakthrough is coming. That breakthrough in relationships is coming. That breakthrough in your personal life, it's coming. But it doesn't come from impressing God. It comes from laying aside all the things that take your attention and placing it wholly on Jesus Christ. And so I want to pray for us today. I want to pray a prayer that opens our hearts to more of Jesus. I want to pray a prayer that opens us up to more of His work in our lives. Closer walk, greater encounters. For a minute, if you're at home today and you know you need connection between you and family members, perhaps there's distance between you and a family member, Perhaps you need healing in your life or maybe there's a family member who needs healing in their life. Maybe you're struggling at work with colleagues or bosses and you need God to come through for you. Maybe you just need that deeper connection with Jesus. If that's you today, then you're who I'm talking to. The prayer that we're gonna pray is gonna set in motion a lifestyle that lays aside all the religious things that we do to try and impress God, it lays aside all of the things that stand in the way between us and Him. And it invites Jesus in to come and be close to us. We're going to make space for Him. And as we pull into Jesus, He empowers us to touch others. So come, let's pray today. Lord Jesus, we come to you today and we ask that, Lord God, you would move in our hearts, move in our lives. At the outset of 2022, God, we're desiring a closer walk with you. We don't just want to look like good Christians and sound like good Christians. We want to be people who actually let the life of Christ flow through us and touch others. And so today, God, we're laying aside all of our faults, all of our brokennesses, all of the things that we think disqualify us from your presence. We're laying them aside. We're taking our victories, all the things that we think impress you, God, and we're laying it aside. Every distraction, everything that takes our attention away from you, God, and we're placing our eyes on you. We want to know you, God. We want to jump into that river that you are pouring out in this new season. And so will you come? We want to know you, God. Will you begin to build in us a deeper hunger, birth in us a deeper hunger, a thirst to know you, Jesus. 
Right now, if you're watching this and you need that, that hunger, you want more hunger to know God, hunger not to impress Him, but to know Him and for Him to know you. If that's you, then begin to receive right now because God is setting a foundation. He's setting a foundation for the future. And so God, right now, will you come and build that hunger, birth that hunger inside of us? Will you make us who you want us to be? Will you touch us with your life? God, we're choosing to make room for you, and to make you the main thing, to keep the main thing the main thing. In Jesus' name.